Welcome to the Patriot Podcast, a production of Covenant Academy in Cypress, Texas. Our hope is that this podcast connects you to the heart of our community, culture, and those who are helping shape the hearts and minds of students. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Today's episode is the second of a two-part episode where we talk to two of our guests about their journey to Covenant Academy, as well as introduce some of the books that they are reading that are having an impact in their lives. Let's join the conversation. So Titus uh, Simonowski, or Mr. Sim, as others like to say, I I, I appreciate to, to give you your your surname due. So... Um, so what you know we're talking about folks here at Covenant so just for those that aren't familiar what what are you doing here at uh, at Covenant I teach high school literature I teach ninth 10th 12th literature mm-hmm. and an 8th grade math class mm-hmm. and then I'm also a thesis content advisor for our 11th and 12th graders as they wow. work on their thesis defense throughout the year Man alive that sounds like some power lifting <laughs> Wow that is really cool that is really cool. So I'm going to kind of go backwards because I, I, you have a book as well. So this is kind of a, a book-themed conversation today. But I want to go backwards because I'm curious also to know how you came to Covenant. Yes, it's a cool story. Um, so I grew up in the inland northwest, Spokane, Washington, born well, born in Portland, but raised in Spokane, and went to a classical Christian school in Spokane from second grade through 12th grade and then went to Gonzaga University, which is also in Spokane. So after graduating from Gonzaga, I knew I wanted to teach, and I, I, I knew I wanted to be around young people, and, and so my, my vision was really to stay in the Northwest and teach at a classical school there, maybe even the one I taught at. There wasn't any positions open at the time, so I put my information out on the ACCS website in October, one of, one of my friends just on a whim suggested, I didn't even know that was a thing that you submitted info on, on the website, but she just said, why don't you go ahead and do it? And so I, I threw my, my info out there. This was, this was October of 2011. Mm-hmm. And within a week or two, Leslie emailed me and said, hey, um, we, we have a position open. And uh, if you're interested, you know, send us a resume and fill an application. And I always tell people when I first got that email, I just thought, "Well, I'm not moving to Houston. That's just that's just not happening." <laughs> we'll, we'll telecommute from uh, the west the West Coast, right? Yeah. And so I just I you know I, I grew up in Spokane, and my family was there, and I didn't really have any intention of of leaving. But I thought, well, this will just be good practice for when I interview with some school closer to home, and and so. It just got more and more involved and intense, and uh, emails turned into phone calls, and Leslie knew my head of school at, at the Oaks, which was where I graduated high school from, and so they chatted, and probably a few weeks later, after an interview with some board members and with Leslie, they, they offered me just a, a temporary like sub-position from Thanksgiving, after Thanksgiving to Christmas, so those three weeks, oh, okay. and they said, you know, we'll, we'll fly you down here, rent you a car, put you up in, with, with a family, and just trial run, see how it goes, and that was huge, because I, I wouldn't have just taken the job, you know, sight unseen, yeah, okay. and so having that trial run was just like, man, 
why not? I was just doing some apartment managing at the time, not very content at all. And so sounded like a fun adventure. And so I came down here and fell in love with it and went back home for Christmas and told my family that I was moving to Houston. So, oh, wow. so full time came on board January of 2012. I count that as a full year though. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'm in my, it's my ninth year here wow. at Covenant. Hard to believe I'm coming up on 10. Three weeks turned into nine years. It did. Wow. And God's faithfulness through it all has just been overwhelming. So mm-hmm. found, uh, another funny story. Um, my, my wife, uh, she was teaching, fifth grade at the time. And I came down as one of the only male staff members, and she happened to be one of the only single female staff members. So people were immediately playing matchmaker, and it worked out, thankfully. I don't know if I'd be here if it didn't, so... You, you can't take credit, can you, Leslie? No. Okay, I just didn't <laughs> know, I mean, because it sounds like you're very intentional, I'm, I'm hearing very about... Very intentional, but I, I actually knew it was just, there was no way, yeah. any other way, because I saw the little look and I went oh yeah okay yeah yeah that'll happen yeah. wow <laughs> it was pretty instantaneous yeah it was we actually yeah we got married uh at the end of 2012 so oh, okay um yeah and started a family and just planted some roots so yeah I'm I'm in Houston for a while that's for sure we want to take a moment out of today's podcast to talk about grand coffee Jack can you tell us a little bit about grand coffee for those that aren't familiar Yes, so Grand Coffee is a completely student-run coffee service that the students of the Grand Tour provide to teachers, parents, and students who have permission. And all of the proceeds to it go to fund our Grand Tour. So Avery, ordering coffee is really easy and it doesn't cost that much, right? Absolutely. So each parent can come in in the morning or go in car line. Uh, We'll have menus for them. They can look at the menus, go over what they want, and order right then and there. And then we'll have their coffee made as soon as we can. Um, We just started opening up tea as well. So now we have coffee and tea, and each are both $2. So, Piper, what does the menu look like for Grand Coffee? So we have an assortment of different coffees, regular and strong, and we also have mango black tea, which is delicious, and we also have an assortment of creamers and sugars, especially the pumpkin spice creamer, which is wonderful. That sounds excellent. And Timothy, I know that when parents arrive on campus, it's easy to order their coffee or tea. Right, so we arrive in the morning every every time at 7.15 to get set up, and then we take the Uh, The teacher orders before, and whenever Carline opens up, we get out there and are ready for your orders and take it right out to you whenever uh, it's ready. That sounds excellent. So Grand Coffee, be sure to place your order every time you arrive on campus during the week. So so I'm going to jump into this this book that's in front of you. You're talking about family. But before I do, I'm I'm curious, similar to... to, um, uh, Amanda's perspective, sort of coming into to Covenant, what are some of the things over the last nine years that you've seen that have really um, impacted you in terms of how you've, just this is the community, again, for those that maybe are new or maybe those that are very familiar, what, what is it for you personally that's, um, that kind of sticks out to you when you meet that person in an airport or a restaurant and they, they see your shirt like you have on today that says, you know, Covenant and Cat, well, what, what is Covenant and why is it, what does it mean to you? How much time do I have? Well, we don't have much time. No, I... uh... No, I mean, uh, 
I think first what people see when I start talking about Covenant is just the joy on my face when I get to talk about my job and that I genuinely love what I do. And then when they when they hear me say that it's a job that makes me a better husband and a better father and a better human being, they're astounded. And I and <laughs> I remember I had once somebody say, "I wish I had a job like that." You know, it's just it's just so rare to be enriched and transformed by your work and that that is this place for me um just the environment itself just slowly just shapes and forms you more and more into the image of christ and man i just am so blessed to be able to to say that i i did a stint of construction work um a couple years ago uh and i was so i moved to part-time here at covenant just thinking I might need to change jobs. An opportunity opened up, and so I did that for a year. And um, similar to the Luby's Perry's analogy, just realized you know how much I love Covenant when I when I stepped out of it for a little bit. I was able to see more clearly what what this place has done for for me and my family, and just just an incredible blessing. So I mean, you're talking about family, and 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 so I, I see uh, you know on, on our table you have a. A, a book, uh, the TechWise family, um, which sounds like a great family because I'd like to be a part of the TechWise group. Um, can you can you tell me about that? What what is it uh, about this book that uh, that's really kind of captured you? Sure. So I came across this book at the ACCS conference in 2018, and one of the um, people who's doing a workshop plugged it kind of in passing. It was a qu- question that an audience member asked about managing technology, both in the classroom and at home. And he, he mentioned this book. And at the time, my son was almost was about 18 months old. And already, I just saw how technology was influencing him and shaping him. And I mean, it was show. The word show was one of the first words that he learned, you know, and he knew what a phone was, right? And I just, I started to see how even at such a young age, th- this this technology, the screens were just preying on our home. <laughs> and uh, and so I just thought, man, I, I need some help in managing this. I don't want technology just to happen to us and slowly creep into our family to where I can't control it anymore. And so I thought, man, what a great time to to explore this and, and really yeah, grab a hold of it, you know, uh, and be in control of technology rather than the opposite. Right, right. And so that's, that's really what, what this book is about. Andy Crouch, the author, does such a good job of really answering the question, how do we best steward technology? Because that that's really is the question. Technology is not good or bad in and of itself, right? It's, it's like it's like asking, well, is fire good or bad? Well, that's the wrong question to ask, right? I mean, fire can be incredibly uh, beneficial, right? It can bring people together around a bonfire where you're talking, engaging in community. Uh, it can keep a house warm, but it can also reap tremendous, tremendous harm, right? And so it's about how do you steward fire in a way that brings life and, uh, and benefits people around you? That's the same question for technology, right? It's not good or bad necessarily. It's how do we use this in a way that brings life and helps accomplish what we're trying to do as a family. So it sounds like a, it's a, a, a pretty good a good read. It's, it doesn't look overwhelming. So I'm, as I'm hearing you and looking at, at this particular book, I'm 
curious, you know, kind of going from that initial state of, you know, where, where do I go? How do I really manage, steward, to use your words, the, the technology, going from there to now having been able to, to read this, I assume, as a, as a family with your wife? And so what, what are some of the maybe major things that you've been able to take from that? Yeah, so the first thing, similar to, to Sass's book, actually, in the way that it's structured, is Crouch starts with a vision for the family. And you really have to start there. What, what do we want to accomplish? What are we trying to do as a family? Who do we want to become as a family? How do we want our children to be formed? How do I want to be formed? My wife, how does she want to be formed? And so you have to start there, find out where you want to go as a family, and then ask what role does technology play in that? And so the first chapter is just about, for, for the Crouch family, they, he talks about what we want to do in our family is develop virtue, namely wisdom and courage in our children. And th- that is the foundation of everything we do. And we filter every resource through that lens of how does this help us build these things? That was probably the first time I really thought about that question of what do I even want my family to look like? I think before I just, life was just happening to me and, and our family. And, and I just kind of start, started to feel just things were slipping out of control. And man, that was so helpful for me just to start that first chapter of getting me to think about what do I want for my family? Because you have to start there. You can't really answer the stewardship question if you don't have a vision for your own family. Mm -hmm. So that was the most beneficial thing. And then I think the second thing that has really stuck with me is uh, and these are his first two points in the book. You should read the whole book, but the first two chapters... Yeah, you don't have to give us the whole thing, but yeah, no, but this is good. Um, The second chapter is a principle that they have in their home that just simply says we want to create more than we consume and and that phrase has just stuck with me and and that again I I just filter so much of the the tech that we use the things that we choose to spend money on how we spend our time through that question of is my son creating more than he's consuming and I just have seen such a difference in and my older son, who's two and a half now, we have a, a five-month-old as well. But Eli, my oldest, in the mornings, if we spend 20, 30 minutes playing Legos together before the day gets going, just his demeanor and, and that day is, it's a night and day difference from when if he's watching a show in the morning. And again, not that watching a show is, is bad, but I want to make sure that as a family, we value creativity more than than consuming. Yeah, I mean, I can, and I'm I'm speaking from hyper uh, uh, near term experience of of my wife and I saying, okay, yeah, I, I'm seeing a difference between, okay, yeah, sure, you could you can watch two, three, well, okay, now I'm who who are you? It's almost like when you go, yeah, well, for me at least, I can speak for myself. When I went to a sleepover at a friend's house and I came back, and my parents are like, who are you? Like, you're, this whole attitude and yeah. your face looks funny and you're acting weird. And it's like, okay, versus, okay, why don't we figure out, you know, maybe you should go to bed at a re- reasonable hour, right? And, and I can mentally, you know, have, have clarity. And likewise, it's sounding like uh, with some of the things that, that Andy Crouch is saying, which I'm living through myself in the middle of it, that when you're intentional about what you're doing with your time, uh, how you are really shepherding that that the conversation around 
intentionality relationship-wise, but also, you know, what, what, what are we allowing in, in our home? To your point, I mean, it's, it's like fire. I, I think almost like anything, right? M- money, food, you know, they can all be great, beneficial, fundamental things for our families, but when used in, in an incorrect way or, or without intentionality, uh, can can really wreak havoc. So that's yeah, that's a, a good reminder. And and that has really freed me up and and my wife as well to just to take control of this, right? Because I think so often we as parents just have a fear of technology, right? And and the dangers of it. And um, the reality is when when we think about stewardship, that puts the control back in the parents' hands, right? So I mean, like one of the things we love to do, like FaceTime. I mean. Praise God for FaceTime because my parents live in Bellingham, Washington, and I, Eli wouldn't have much of an idea of who they are without being able to see their face. And so what a great example of using technology to build relationship. And, and, and I want to make sure I make that point that there are so many good things about technology. Um, but w- what we need to do is, is be on top of that and ask, what is good? How does it help our family? And what are the things that we need to filter out that, that deform our children into something that's less than human? Right, right. No, and I know that was, uh, you know, I think, Leslie, you had mentioned at the beginning of the year, you know, one of the few things that I think you had reminisced on as your kids were younger is, you know, you pulled out your cell phone. So yeah, this that's thing, the one right? thing. I, 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 it happened so fast. And and as much as we we were really careful and and but yet we still didn't have a clear it, it just it happened came out of nowhere and when the time came for our kids to you know, think about getting iPhones you know we well we're not buying it you can buy it but even still uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't have given it to them that fast now had it destroyed them no had they spent more time on it then even they would say they should yes um, is that an opportunity to learn because we're all in the process of learning yes um, there is no perfect parent and you know we're all just going through this journey trying to become better so for us um, we we read this book as a family. Um, well, last year our family was three because we had one kid left. Uh, but we read this on Sundays, um, just at, after our Sunday tea. After we come home from church, we have Sunday tea, and we just read this at tea time and just walked through it. Because even though the technology was already out there, we could evaluate it, and it was it was good to talk through it. And then, especially as we were preparing our son to go off to college and you know, how are you going to make these principles? What, what are you going to do? So if, whether you're at the beginning stages where you are Titus or at the end stages, it's never too late to really try to evaluate how you're stewarding and, and even say every time after with every chapter, how are we doing? What have we done? Uh, I would say there were a lot of the Crouch family um, practices were part of the Collins family practices. We just were like-minded but they were more intentional, um, more savvy. It might help that if, if you're a cultural editor of a national Christian magazine, that you're more savvy, Andy Crouches. <laughs> um, but they were more savvy than we, and so, yay, we can learn from them. Right. So, yeah, it's great. No, that's great. So the, uh, so the TechWise family by Andy Crouch looks, looks good. So, uh, Leslie, if uh, there are folks listening that have uh, questions about uh, the, uh, the, the uh, book club that you have here or, or a future book swap or, for that matter, 
uh, uh, books that they're reading that they'd mm-hmm. like to share. Uh, what's the best way to uh, share that information with you? Oh, I love to hear people's thoughts. Um, so yeah, come and see me in the courtyard. I'm there every morning. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, you're welcome to contact us at the school office. Um, we'd love to talk. We'd love to hear. Okay, great, great. And if anyone wants to send you an email, what's what's the way to do that? Leslie.CollinsCovenantCypress.org. You made it so simple. Leslie, Titus, and Amanda, thank you so much for the conversation today. It was really great. Thank you, Michael. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. Before we close out, we want to share a story from one of the students here at Covenant Academy. Here's today's story. Hello, my name is Timothy McLeod. Uh, I'm a junior here at Covenant, and I'm involved in the chess program. I've been here kind of since kindergarten. Back when I was young, we had this thing called Chapel Buddies, which is kind of similar to what squads are now. And I remember when I was young, I always looked up to all of the older people in my squad and just wanted to talk to them to, they were just the coolest people. Uh, And now being in high school, being the leader of a squad, which is basically the same thing, is really weird being on the other end of it, especially when you have some of the younger people in your squad and the younger they get, the more attached they are to you, it seems. Um, It's just so incredible to be able to have that time with the younger students and be what uh, what your role model was as a child. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Patriot Podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything discussed, feel free to contact us on our website, at covenantcypress.org.